Asim, thank you so much for joining me in this show. We are one big advantage of COVID, I guess. <laughs> Anyone who does the good work, they would like to have appreciated. Data doesn't lie. You don't need SOC team from day one. Automation is the key. Those things look good on videos, but they don't actually work. <laughs> Question something that I've came a lot of times. They want to get started in cybersecurity because seeing these bug bounty screenshots and money and all. I started with CTFs. The first thing is you need to understand this jargon of terms. Let's. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into our Scale to Zero show. I'm Purushottam, co-founder and CTO of CloudNX. Scale to Zero is a forum where we collect questions from curious security professionals and invite security experts to learn about their journey and also to get these questions answered. Our goal is to build a community where we can, where we can all learn about security together and leave no security questions unanswered. So with that, let's let's get started. For today's episode, we have Asim Shrey with us. So Asim works at Rippling as a security engineer. Prior to that, he was a senior security engineer at Gojek. He also hosts a video podcast called Hacking Simplified, where he covers uh, topics around hacking and cybersecurity in general. Asim, thank you so much for joining me in this show. We are super excited to have you here. Thank you, Prashantam. Thank you, CloudNix, for inviting me. It's, it's a great <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. We, <laughs> we love that you are here. So uh, le- let's get started into the questions, right? So I want to start with your podcast. Uh, you host uh, a video podcast on hacking and cybersecurity in general called Hacking Simplified, right? So I have a couple of questions here. Like what made you d- decide to start a video podcast of your own? How did you start your journey? Any pearls of wisdom for anyone who wants to start or would want to start their own podcast around security in future? Oh, that's a good one. So- I started around two years back when COVID started. It was May 2020, I think. 9th May was the first day I uploaded a video. So it had been something like I, I love to teach people about things and all. I used to do this in my college. I used to have live seminar, webinar kind of thing. And I used to teach there. And because after I, I this was after college. So I was I graduated from college in 2019. And then in 2020, COVID hit. And mm-hmm. I got a lot of time on my hand, basically. <laughs> so I uh, I already liked those things. And when I looked up tutorials, and when I was in my struggling phase, I couldn't get I like I got a lot of tutorials, which didn't work. And after like a few like years or months, you would say I got to know okay, this thing when I read this, I understand that this won't work because of this, 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 this. But that realization or that understanding took like almost a year or two after reading thousands of tutorials that don't work. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I could just have a place where I could just like create videos and start things which actually work because a lot of tutorials that you find that those don't work. People just go through it and once they sign their like, oh, this doesn't work, they start losing interest into like cybersecurity and hacking. They feel that these are just myths or these don't work. I don't know what works and whatnot. So if un- unless you are very motivated, you won't be like able to go through it after three months because a lot of these things you try that actually doesn't work in the real environment. So right. I wanted something where I could have something that works originally and that would be, that is the way I started learning. And so it was not a very, what do you say, 
um, entertainment kind of thing like hacking whatsapp or hacking this and that because uh, those things look good on videos but they don't <laughs> actually work so right. i started the path that was work so yeah that that's how it started <laughs> yeah code was the reason i got time so i could create videos <laughs> one big advantage of covid i guess <laughs> and i i agree with you like right. some of the some of the tutorials i there they don't work or they are outdated sometimes right so yeah. you yeah. don't see a lot of value from them uh makes sense yeah. uh okay. um, so you, you you have been an ethical hacker for a while right uh using your experience can you tell us like how should an organization res- respond to a communication from an ethical hacker uh whenever they find uh when they, whenever they report a finding like this is on the other side of the hacking right like when somebody reports a finding how should an organization react or respond to it yeah, yeah. i mean i've been on both the sides so i i realize as a hacker what i would expect from the organization and as an organization what they expect from the uh, hackers so as a hacker what i feel is that the work that i did should have some recognition they should maybe at least acknowledge it and have some response time because it just the hacker would send an email they won't come straight talking to you because it happens that they they tend to live in anonymity because they don't know how the company would respond right. like maybe the company would start taking legal action or something so they they usually the communication that happens is they send an anonymous email with some some saying that responsible vulnerability disclosure or something like that that okay we are doing this and there is some bug they don't reveal the bug in the very first communication right so i have seen a lot of organization they just discard that mail and they don't take it up seriously which i don't think is the right way at least you should start communication you should start gaining trust of the person that you as a responsible organization you as a company who is willing to take your customers security seriously you are trying to do something on that front because if the hacker and the person who is trying to get this solved if they feel that you are not like you are not basically uh, interested in securing your own customers uh, you don't know where that would go right. if they are like if they they are into the gray area you know where it would <laughs> go so i would say you should start a polite regular update the very first thing is you should acknowledge that mm-hmm. email and you should ask for more information you should try to build a trust relationship because this whole thing is starts with anonymity and might end with that person working for you maybe as a contract as anonymously or whatever way you so the way you proceed with the communication is very important in sense very time sensitive also and moreover in general sensitive as to how you respond to their comments how you respond to their emails and all because i have seen places like while well, was working in my previous organizations there were people who were not very fluent with mm-hmm. english there were people who were german hackers or russians and they might not understand what you are trying to explain so it's better to over communicate in that key this is this what we are trying to do can, can you please give a poc or because they might have some broken english or the way you are trying to communicate they might not understand right. so it's better that you over communicate and try to build a trust relationship first response should be very quick i mean like let's say you got it today if if not have an automated email or something that acknowledges it and then make a written like a, a actual human person who can write it and send the communication in a day or two that would be very good okay you should if you see that they are general, like okay so now you have done a few further few communications now you understand that okay this is a real bug and some genuine effort it's not a scanner that has been run so you can start like 
creating bond and start talking to them more and getting how they try to exploit the whole thing because once you understand the expert chain you might figure out similar details in your other parts of the application right. so that is what and towards the end you should always have some appreciation if you are not able to let's say reward in money or something you can always reward in kind maybe swags or if that even that's not possible you can have at least a bug bounty appreciation page and you can post it through your social media handles because everyone i've seen they they like appreciation anyone who does the good work they would like to have appreciated so that is a very core thing that's a very basic thing that a company could do makes sense so i mean yeah that's something i've seen yeah makes a lot of sense right at minimum you should not ignore when you receive any notifications right uh, any findings from any hackers and try to over communicate wherever uh, need necessary uh, yeah uh, makes a lot of sense so on uh, like in similar lines right uh, we hear about uh, like data breaches ransomware attacks uh, a lot nowadays so for for a first time security leader how should they prepare like how should they plan or budget or even get the executive buy in right so that uh, any they're ready for any potential data breaches or ransomware attacks so uh, uh i've been lucky to work with some of the very good leaders and i've seen them like the way they talk the way they respond that, mm-hmm. that's very good and you mentioned that for us first time security leader so it's usually the people who become security leader they are usually very okay. techy person and it's for them to convince someone it feels a very hard thing that how how would i convince someone to give me a like asking money for something is a bit hard thing for them right. usually but i would say the the way i've seen these people work the leaders that they have established a whole team they had the single motor data doesn't lie so they used to have data for everything like how, how many kinds of attacks are happening what is the impact for it like in, let's say if we are talking about ransomware attacks in the past 5 years how many ransomware attacks hit which region geographically which kind of let's say healthcare industry or maybe automotive industry what kind of industry and what was the impact so based on that you can like because data doesn't lie and everyone agrees that what data is there data points are there those are genuine it cannot mm-hmm. be fabricated so people tend to get convinced by those data you may not have very good speaking skills to convince someone but if you have the right data and you are able to convince because this is a genuine problem ransomware right. is a genuine problem that would impact your company and that would definitely shift you back for a week or something because you would have to spend some time getting those things up and again and your customers won't be waiting for you to get recovered from ransomware they would still have work to do and they would right. be dependent on you so once you once you like instill the importance of it and you tell them that see this is what happened and if we have a ransomware or if we have a backup plan if we have a security team which is monitoring this this and this and this is how much we would be spending on these people and these tools these automation let's say these cloud security automation and stuff and this would help us save this much amount of money and in the long run we would have a, this amount of roi so if you have data if you have metrics and all those kinds of things you can <coughs> easily <coughs> talk to the leadership or management or anyone even let's say <coughs> way, way senior than you because they would also agree that okay we can't take a risk of getting hacked in some way just because we couldn't shell out a few million rupees or a few thousand dollars or right. something like that 
So I feel metrics, having metrics, having data, that's like, that's the gold <laughs> solution for it. I mean, you can easily convince anyone with those things and these are real things that are happening. For example, if you say, uh, um, like, let's say if you take mm -hmm. your ransomware attack example and you have the metrics for those things and uh, you, you plan to, let's say mm -hmm. you already have a security team. Now you want to have right. a disaster recovery team and you are finding it hard to convince people. But disaster recovery is important when you want to have come out of situations like these, like what we are talking about, ransomware and all. So that way you can have these metrics and data points and then like convince people that, okay, this is how you yeah. go forward. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that, that absolute, that's spot on, right? Like you have to be data driven in these areas because you are asking your team uh, to sort of create new programs or have financial budgets in place, right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, makes sense. So one of the things that security leaders do is they work with many teams in an organization, right? Infosec, security, red team, purple team, blue team, like many of them are there. So let's say for a company who is around, like, which is around 50 people growing steadily and they're about to raise their uh, series B and they're working in FinTech or healthcare. Uh, any space where you handle a lot of uh, handle a lot of PII data, right? So, how do you set up your security org uh, in that case? W what what according to you comes first? How do you hire or who do you hire? Like there are some of these questions, right? That comes to mind for a first time security leader. Okay. Okay. Uh, the very first thing you use, you don't need SOC team from day one. So a lot of people, they just go and they have a SOC team and then get started. So you mentioned that it's a small team, 50 people raising series B, handling PI. So there are a lot of things I would try to tackle them one by one. So, uh, uh, like security will always be a small team. Even if you, let's say have a company of thousand, 10,000 people, security will be like 20, 100 people that that's the max. Maybe development team is like 1000 people. Security would be max 100 or 20, 30 people. So they would, this team would always be small and that is how it should be. I mean, you can't have one security <laughs> engineer for every software developer. That's not like you're not policing around. Right. So that can't be possible. So that, that begs the question, then how do we basically have everything and how do we have eyes on everything? So. Uh, automation is the key. There's no, there's no other solution. You can't manually manage everything you can have. You need to have automation some way or either you build your own automation. You get some tools to automate things, but you need to have that. And it's better if you have your own engineers who can basically write some code mm -hmm. or at least tweak some things because you can't have automation for very small things. You would have to make them in house. So those things need to be there. So. And the, the other thing that you need to have is uh, you need to have alerting, you need to have uh, like data and dashboards on critical assets, like what is the health of those, let's say, uh, um, mm -hmm. let's say you have S3 buckets. So you need to have alerting whenever those, I'm just giving an example. So let's say you have S3 buckets. So whenever any of those get public automatically, you need to have alerting. Maybe you need to have auto remediation. So. These are some of the very first things that I, whenever I go to a company and if I see that it's not there, I suggest them that we need to build it. I have been building those myself. So I already have 
written code so we just push okay. it and then that's already set up there so that is one thing that i feel that alerting needs to be there on all these critical assets so the very first thing is mm-hmm. identifying critical assets keeping a mark like uh, alerting on those all this would require automation so you need to have a team that could that mm-hmm. could that is a bit hands on not just consultants but they are able to write something they are able to write code because even even if you are evaluating a tool you need to at least know what your team is not capable of and what that the third party tool that you are buying is basically right. augmenting or supplementing them let's say if they are able to build simple automations already mm-hmm. then they don't need to buy a tool that does that if they are not able to do that then you need to buy a tool that has simple automations and then you build on to that on top of that so all for all this automation alerting data i mean we used to have like just mm-hmm. giving an example we used to have elk stack where we used to push all these metrics into it and we used to have graphs as to how many assets like public assets where are those located like how many of these if any of these let's say uh, the common ask is usually iam permissions whether you are on gcp cloud or you are on aws it's iam permission is one of the things that people are so we used to have graph where we could see that whether the right. how many over permissive roles are there and then there used to be a grace period of 90 days and auto remediating all mm-hmm. so these was written by t- our own team we didn't have a vendor for doing all these because everyone was bit fluent in python or golang or something or the other and they used to write their own right. they l- used to love creating things that's why so i believe you need to have the i i mean you don't need to have like 10 20 people because it's already 50 team mm-hmm. people raising series b and it's not a big thing but it, the uh, the other main party mm-hmm. mentioned was that they are handling a lot of pia so uh, as i mentioned you need to figure out the critical assets let's say you have s3 buckets where these pia data let's say medical records are stored you have uh, let's say redis cache where these are stored or you have uh, mongodb which is stored so you need to identify these assets and the all this requires uh, what people usually do is they tell their infra team people to identify these tag these and starter but infra people are already right. overworked with a lot of things i've seen in every company especially small mm-hmm. companies they already worked overworked with a lot of things and they wouldn't put a total bandwidth on this one initially if you have a dedicated person typically a person if you have someone in the infra team who can mentor them then even you can have a junior person as well maybe a fresher or just passed out or maybe a, a year or two years if you don't have i would say have a person who, who is hands-on on these things who has created well mm-hmm. done threat modeling on people on organizations he has three or four experience years of experience because that three or four years experience usually means that they have taken some interviews for other people for junior roles they have done some threat modeling they know how things work in an organization how to talk to senior leaders how to get in the buy-in and all those things so have a person who is dedicated to this because you would definitely need it and you being a person who is handling pi it's very critical to have someone dedicatedly working on this he if he has uh, mm-hmm. knowledge of building automation himself that would be really good because i well well i started working the, uh, the the people and the team who was working with everyone used to have some hands on on python or golang or something or the other and they were that that proved out to be very useful because we could quickly wrap up something and have some script right. running while we were still evaluating other tools right. and all so the immediate task was fulfilled and once you show that confidence, the senior management also right. tries to, okay, this team is doing good, so we can help them out. So having a dedicated person initially with a hands-on experience 
that would be right. super awesome to yeah i guess especially when you are uh, like i like some of your points right uh, that if you are dealing with pii data make sure you have visibility into your critical assets and uh, have some uh, when you hire uh, hire somebody who it, who is hands on and has some experience right because you are getting into series b um, and you have uh, you have to be serious about security so hiring somebody who has hands on experience adds a lot of value so uh, i i want to uh, sort of shift uh, from hiring to getting hired so uh th- this question came from a student who is getting started in their uh, who are getting started there in their career right so nowadays there is increased awareness around security even at colleges uh so if a student is uh, interested in pursuing their career in security uh, it can be like an ethical hacker or security professional how should they go about it that was quite a uh, natural transition because we were talking about hiring and uh, hired and so that makes sense and this question is something that i've came a lot of times even on my channel like hacking simplified where i talked about this in a live few live streams where people came with similar questions and what i've already always suggested them a lot of people have seen they start they want to get started in cybersecurity because seeing these bug bounty screenshots and money and all but while i started i wasn't on twitter initially so i i never got to see all these i didn't even know that there is a thing called bug bounty i just know that okay facebook and google pay for the bugs that you find right. i used to spend some time on that and i got a few duplicates but that was all i i was never into because i got into that luckily or unluckily whatever you say but <laughs> that was i was always curious about security and that is what i have been telling people i started with ctfs and ctfs basically drill you down in a, into a particular very specific domain but they give you a very depth knowledge of that particular domain and that builds a kind of what do you say uh setting capacity i would say or like, rather perseverance because in cts you slog for two days just to figure out one solution of one one problem i remember wow. uh, while i was playing for google ctf i spent like 14 or 16 hours on just one problem and once it got solved i was very excited because in the world there were only 41 or 42 teams that solved overall and we solved mm-hmm. it 20 or 21st we were there so that oh, gives you a strong confidence yeah so that gives you a strong confidence that okay if i can do this i can do other things as well like the other things are not very difficult so this requires a lot of reading so if you are a person like say you are a college student or you just passed out you have been you have started with the software development or whatever region you are you need mm-hmm. to have some idea of you can start reading with the news i usually do like the hackernews.com and there are other places but the first thing i would say is the hackernews.com if you don't have any idea just go and read a few articles whatever team terms you don't understand just google them read about mm-hmm. it go go to the rabbit hole you would you would get to know so first thing is you need to understand this jargon of terms let's say ransomware cves zero day all these kinds of things so once you go down right. the rabbit hole a lot of these terms would be known to you you once you read the second article you would already know a few terms and you would have to google less so then that gets a repeat cycle and once you are aware of these things like let's say the terms the thousand terms that i use in security then if you mm-hmm. go to twitter if you read some tweets and stuff you would understand okay i read this there this means this so you would be able to make connections quickly 
then you would be able to consume more content fastly initially it would be very slow you might be able to just read one or two articles in the day and um, maybe grasp even half of that mm-hmm. but once you start with that you get aware of these terms like the mm-hmm. way you start learning any language let's say you start learning english so first you learn the alphabet then right. you make some words a for apple b for these kinds of things and then you get the common words then you make sentences and lot so right. that's what we are trying to build we are trying to build a security vocabulary first once you are aware of these terms these things that people talk and you are able to make comprehend what they are talking about then you can start reading articles maybe there's uh, this uh, website called portsigger the team uh-huh. that is be- behind bird they have this web academy where you can read the articles go through the tutorial and then also practice them on their own site so that is a protected environment you can easily practice and if you don't understand you can also see the solutions and try to go through that and then again try to solve this if you're not able to solve it in the first go again try to solve this. they have topics on everything sql cxss blind sql uh, csrf out of bound attacks they have, they have everything whatever you feel oh. on web application they have everything if you if you want to if you want to go into reverse engineering and stuff you have live overflow videos there's exploit exercises there there are a lot of uh, challenges on hack this site and uh this thing called hack the box so mm-hmm. all these things there are youtube channels like i also create videos but they are good youtube channels for live overflow there's ipsec and um, like these two i have been following quite persistently and they make quite quality content there there are a lot of people in the like cyber security domain itself mm-hmm. like uh, i remember uh, there's this guy from google uh, dreadsec i think like their team name is dreadsec he is a very senior person i talked to him very back while we were doing google city but it was good a lot of uh, community content is coming up like farawa is doing this uh, and jadix uh, sorry uh, ben is doing this there's this uh, what what was the guy name uh, stroke is making a lot of weekly contents where you can check uh, some of the tools and things that he talk about okay you can get to you can get a basic updated info of the whole thing that's coming up okay but ctfs and pico ctf is something where i suggest people to start because it's a ctf for high school student in the us and they even that is a bit difficult for people who are practicing here so i would say start with that mm-hmm. that's a very good one and you would learn a lot of these things then there is this thing called war games where yeah over the wire.com over the wire.org is the website okay. where you can play some war games mm-hmm. these are you can basically you would get used to linux environment and how to do shell scripting and terminal things because these are something that you would have to do like you being a hacker you can't be using mouse and all <laughs> so you need to have some terminal right. and all those cli thing right. yeah that that's how i would uh, suggest someone to start there's a lot of things but i think i kind of miss summarized it in a way yeah yeah i think you covered many <laughs> areas right but the gist uh, that i can think of is uh, start small but start uh, start reading learning the vocabulary and uh, start uh, like get your feet wet you cannot just continue to read you should uh, try try things out and that's how you will learn yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> th- that makes that makes a lot of sense um thank you so much for uh, answering these questions right uh, uh, i personally learned about the hacking uh, world and also how do you uh, sort of work uh, to uh, like if there are any report uh, like findings reported how do you work uh, with the hackers as well right on those so thank you so much for that uh, here are like the top 3 things that i learned today 
The first one is when a hacker reports a finding, we sometimes ignore it. It's not wise to do that. Instead, we should acknowledge and work with the hackers to improve the security posture. Second, in order to prepare an organization for any potential data breaches or ransomware attacks, always use a data-driven approach and define clear objectives so that you can get buy-in from your executives, the other teams. The third one is, when starting your career in security, always start small and get your hands dirty in various areas of security. This will help you find the right path for your career. Um, so now I, I want to uh, sort of shift gears and move to the rapid fire uh, section. So the first question is, Assuming you are hiring in one sentence, what stands out in a candidate's resume for you? Um, their hands-on experience, like if they have any CTF or bug bounty, anything. If they have something that they did themselves, which is not in their academic curriculum, and mm-hmm. all, that stands out pretty much. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what is the biggest lie you have heard in cybersecurity? Being on a public Wi-Fi can get you hacked. I mean, I've been on public Wi-Fi all the time. That that I mean, there's a basic security hygiene. I don't think that happens. Okay, no. good good to know. Uh, what what advice would you give your 25 year old self and uh, starting in security and why? I would say try to do things manually mm-hmm. rather going for tools and automation before those abstractions mm-hmm. come in. Like I remember when I was learning SQL injection. So there was a workshop that happened in our college and that guy taught that manually. That was a very big thing to me. And I didn't know much about it. It was, I think, the first semester or something. And then I got to read this. And there's an article on exploit DB uh, where you can basically sum it. Mm-hmm. So there's this SQL uh, article. There's a big article. And that explains step by step. And that article also works on a few websites. So while that guy showed us working on live website, that was like pretty much very like dope to me. Okay, that this could happen. This can happen in real life. That doesn't work on a lot of websites, but at least I got to know. And then when I started using a skill map, I was pretty much confident what options to use, what things to use, what are these options, what is concatenating, what are these things and all. Otherwise, it would be just a black magic or <laughs> like a black box and I'm just using right, it. Right. So I feel that you should start small, you should start slow, manually build things and manually try things, gain an uh, inside knowledge as to how things work. And then you can use automation to basically do it faster. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because uh, automations are like automation, the tools are designed to abstract some of these things and you lose the opportunity to learn. So yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, next is a one-liner quote that keeps you going. So uh, I I have this wallpaper for like six, seven years now on my personal laptop. So it is a quote from Dr. A.P. Mm-hmm. Abdul Kalam. He said to shine like a sun, first burn like a sun. And that is something that has keep, kept me motivating. Yeah, that that is very accurate. Um, uh, so the next and the last question is, uh, you have already shared many uh, learning uh, like blogs or videos, right? What are top five uh, like 
blogs or videos which uh, you follow to stay up to date on current events or new threats that are like popping up every day in security world so uh, my currently go to places twitter and rss feeds okay so i have a feedly free account where i have a lot of these mm-hmm. rss feeds uh, like bleeping computers the the hackernews.com so all these rss feeds so i basically check out and that there's the cv database and also i usually check out those and like that's all twitter is where i get it very fast and rss feed is something i check every like morning and evening and like oh, that that's that's lovely thank you thank you so much for sharing all of this so uh, thank you asim uh, it was very uh, it was a very good learning experience for me and i hope that our viewers will also uh, when they watch they will learn something as well um, looking forward to learn more from you in the future as well um, so for our viewers uh, thank you so much for watching hope you uh, have learned something new if you have any questions around security share those at scale20.com we'll get those questions answered by an expert at the security space see you in the next video thank you thank you asim thank you for inviting Sorry.